This is the One Big Thought Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the One Big Thought Podcast. Really appreciate you joining us today on this very special episode as we're going to be talking with Pastor Dan Soikala, who's over our next-gen department. But before we jump into that, if you've not listened to the first nine episodes of this season of The One Big Thought, you need to go back and listen to those because we really lay the groundwork to what discipleship is, uh, how discipleship happens, defining it, but then also how to multiply and really lay a lot of the uh, pre-work to the heart of discipleship. And then after the ninth session, we've been jumping into specific demographics about discipleship and how discipleship really matters in all the different demographics of the church. And so, and if you haven't done so yet, please make sure that you like, subscribe, share, rate, comment, all the things for the podcast that really help us out a lot. Pastor Daniel Sorcala, welcome to the uh, podcast. It is excellent to be here today. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a good day. You know, as we talk about discipleship, uh, you carry the entire next-gen department which for our context is what exactly? So define kind of for people what your role is here. So I help manage and oversee kids, students, and college ministries zero to about 24 years. Yeah. So you got lots of different age groups and it's broken down between kids, middle school, high school, college is basically how it's broken down. So discipleship, we've been in this journey with the church. We've been having a lot of conversations around discipleship with our staff, as well as with just people in our church. And as we walk towards that, um, how do you see discipleship really being important in all those demographics? Then we'll kind of break it down a little bit from there. Exactly. I, I think discipleship when it comes to students, kids, college is so important because of the age that they're in and the, de- the development of their theology at that age. Mm, okay. So they're learning how they're thinking about God. The way that we teach on Sunday, the way that we partner with parents at home frames and forms the foundational thought around God for these kids. Mm. And a lot of times the first thing that you hear about an idea becomes your default truth. So mm. there's a weight and there's a pressure to when we speak on Sunday, when we do our classes, when we do our cruise, what we're communicating needs to be a well-thought-through, well-formatted, well-framed approach to developing their view of God, which is going to impact their eternal destiny. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an incredible task, but it's very fulfilling to work with the team to try to strategically approach and um, just help kids learn about Jesus. Yeah. What I've enjoyed in these conversations, and if you guys have been listening to this podcast for these demographics— We've been noticing that each demographic has kind of some key words. Uh, For example, we uh, talked with Micah Stokes with young adults, and his was a lot of the whole deconstruction of faith and how discipleship really helps people own their faith and multiply into people next to them. And you talked to just different demographics, men, women, you know, worship. And you just said something that I'm not sure anybody else really hit on, and that is what I think I heard you say is that discipleship really starts to create the framework of their theology of what they believe in God. Yep. Uh, so that's, that's a very different take on discipleship than, because when most people hear discipleship, it's like, oh, just meet with somebody and either mentor or coach or disciple, you know, using those terminologies. But with kids ministry, it's not like you can just go pick up some kids and go disciple them. I mean, you could, yep. that's, that's, you know that might be frowned on. Like you know, ice cream. <laughs> so how do we do it? How how do how do we disciple kids when 
when most people think of discipleship, it's around a coffee shop or it's dinner and it's one-on-one or it's in a quad. How do we do that with kids though? Because it's so foundational, it's because it's so developmental at that age, it, it is partnering with parents is huge. Part, parents have to own the discipleship of their kid. We get them for less than 3% of their week. So parents being the front of the discipleship journey with their students and kids all the way up through high school, uh, they're the ones who are living with their kids every day. They're the ones who know where their students is at. Uh, From an educational approach, you have to layer ideas on top of one another as a child grows up so they can, as they develop, understand them more deeply, understand them more fully. And parents' involvement is critical, but then what we do on Sunday morning, what we do on our cruise has to layer on top of one another for the extended 22 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's... It turns in middle school, it turns in high school to be more of that relational, more of that real right. life, more of that. How does these ideas you learned as an elementary student mm-hmm. become a little bit more complex right. as you get older? So yeah. there, there is a range of how discipleship comes out in each age demographic, mm-hmm. but it starts with the foundation in elementary and nursery and preschool. Then as I go to middle school and high school, it starts turning to that real life, that mm-hmm. taking what you've learned, the, the ways that it's been established and start living life and figuring out what this practically plays out when you go into work high school, Wake right. Forest Middle School, and right. things like that. So you, you said the word parent quite a bit, and obviously on Sunday morning, our programming is structured around teaching kids Jesus, right? That's that's what we do along with other things. So how do we resource and partner well with parents to help them do it Monday through Saturday? And, and how key is that to the success of all the things we just talked about? So our orange curriculum that we use in preschool and nursery uh, is great. It has resources every single week that we email out. It's on a website for parents to go and find like, what are we talking about? What are we covering? And mm-hmm. how do I engage in that conversation? We hand things to parents, to kids and parents I, when they leave on Sunday to full further the conversation at home. Mm-hmm. And students is communication. There's social media presence. There's resources. There's books. Uh, through our emails monthly, we, we, we are adding resources to that. Like, this is a conversation we're having. This is so you know what we're talking about. And this is ways that you can start to have the conversation at home. Here's a book, here's a podcast, here's an article, things like that. Trying to resource parents well yeah. so they can feel equipped for the hard conversations that they're having. Mm-hmm. Parenting's hard. Nobody really knows what they're doing most of the time. Yeah. So we we try to rally behind parents in yeah. their... So you're affirming what the kids are being taught on Sunday morning through real-time resources to the parents. Yes. They can get off the website and then you guys hand them things as well. So let's look to the future, right? As you just said, you know, you got kids on Sunday morning, <clears throat> you got their parents, then it changes over to more relational in student ministry. And we have small groups, basically, they call it crews, but I would venture to say that probably their crews, age and gender specific crews that really help them disciple even further, yes. college as well. What's the future look like, though? <clears throat> because this world is a. Uh, is radically changing. Yes. So what is the future of discipleship? If you could project out, you know, several years out, what does discipleship look like then in your opinion? Next gen is going to face a challenge in the next five to 10 years of mentoring and discipling students. What do you think those main challenges are? There's going to be so much more distraction, technology, 
is going to continue to progress at its mm. rate, utilizing uh, those smaller individualistic technology tweaks that we're going to figure out how to do church in a technological age at a high level with these next gen because right. the generations coming up are going to be similar to our culture but very different than our culture too. Uh, the individualistic nature of culture is going to continue to progress at a high level. So reaching each kid where they're at and each parent where their kid is at is going to get even more critical over the next five to 10 years. And yeah. the level of distraction that we're going to be competing against, the, the way the culture is going to continue to turn and to change is going to be a yeah. major gap. So parent partnerships is, is important now. It's going to be even more important then because mm. the church may have less influence day to day than we do now because of the amount of distraction Monday through Thursday, but parents will still be there. Mm. So getting even more engaged with parents and yeah. what we do needs to be reaching the students where they're at, at a high level. And that's going to be AI driven technology. It's going to be social media platforms. We don't know about that's going to be mm-hmm. all these different tools that we're just gonna have to figure out when they pop up. And yeah. Yeah. You just think about from the time. So I'm 48, going to be 49 here in a few months. You're how old? 34 today. 34 today? Not today. Not today, but right now I'm 34. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, as of your birthday. this moment in life, you're 34. 34 years old. So think about how much has changed, you know, growing up and just, just technology-wise in your in your generation, little alone mine, you know, and then, you know, my parents' generation, of course, and now these kids are growing up. Like your kid, you got young kids. I do. The stuff that they have access to now, and the you said the word distraction, that's a good word for the obstacles, is insane. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much is available at any given moment. And we can't even think about, it gets hard even to think, like, what's even next? Yes. You in know? 1990, <laughs> internet didn't exist. Facebook yeah. wasn't a thing. Snapchat exactly. wasn't a thing. TikTok wasn't a thing. YouTube wasn't a thing. Yeah. What will be a thing in five years? We don't know. We don't even know yet. And we're going to have to adjust to that culture that it creates. Yeah. And that's going to be so hard. And you know, the yeah. metaverse is a thing. And oh, at some man. point, kids are going to live in this alternate reality reality thing and engaging with them in that distracted age is going to be very fun to deal with man this is terrifying daniel it's it's (laughs) it's terrifying (laughs) i mean you think about what's what's really scary to me and then we're going to flip the script and end with a positive question of what, what you're excited about is how insanely connected Everybody is the entire world, yet how insanely lonely everybody is. Yep. And I think that's going to get worse. It is. And that's the that's need. Worse. Turning the dial to what I'm excited mm-hmm. about. That's the need that we have the hope for. Mm-hmm. What? Why is Jesus still the answer in five to 10 years in that reality? Mm-hmm. It's because that loneliness, that isolation that will come from the connectivity of technology, mm-hmm. Jesus is still the hope for, and mm-hmm. he's still the answer for. Yeah. And we're seeing that with mental health mm-hmm. in the next generation. Like Jesus is the hope. He is the answer. We're seeing that with the different shootings that have happened in the area over the last month. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer. Mm-hmm. So these students are living in this connected universe, but we know the answer that they yeah. need. So equipping our next-gen department kids, yeah. students, to go to their peers and reach them, to be the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and it all comes down to, I, I think that it's hard to do effective discipleship apart from relationships. Yep. 
I don't think you can. I mean, Jesus literally walked with the disciples. It's relationship. And what I love about discipleship, and I think the challenge for you in Next Gen is how do you, how do you get real relationships in a very fake world? Yep. I mean, it's very, it's very fake. Everything out there is just crazy. And uh, kind of glad I'm not in student ministry anymore. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, like, and you're working with Next Gen. I love um, it. It's, it's a great calling and we're excited to keep yeah, working. Yeah. Well, you're the man to do it. So, well, hey, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode. If it hasn't terrified you to death about our Next Gen, uh, hopefully it'll make you passionate about how to actually uh, relationally start to lead our next generation in discipleship. And uh, join us on our next episode as we keep unpacking discipleship for the rest of the season. And look forward to having you join us on that episode. 